ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Water Cooler, the world's most statistically average sports podcast. Brought to you by the Believe Podcast Network, the number one podcast network for professionals. Check us out today at Believe.com. That's B-L-E-A-V. My name is Ryan Saber, the most electrifying voice in sports information. And with me, as always, it's me, it's me, it's Luke C. What are we talking about today? couple things. All football today. We're going to talk a little controversy in the NFL. There's a couple controversial things happening right now. I, I want to get your take on it. We will do a few good minutes on college football. We'll talk about the college football national championship that's happening on Monday of next week. And then finish up with um, just a little bit of a, a throw in. You ready to go? Let's do it. Before we get into the show, a word from our sponsor, betonline.ag has you covered in 2022 and remains your number one spot for all basketball and football action this season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before. All right. Two and one last week. Well, not last week because we were off last week, but two and one two weeks ago. Seven and one over the last three weeks. We narrowly went from being perfect because you – you're the last you were the last one to get off the Arizona Cardinals train. We're not pointing fingers. We're not using I apologize. We don't use you language us. We we did not get off the train. But the good news is we were deep in the hole. Deep. And now we're currently sitting at 33 33 and 1 for the season. We're back. I mean, we're back to even. Now here's an opportunity for us in the regular season the NFL with the last weekend of the season here before we get into the playoffs to end the regular season on a high note. So what you got this week? Give me Georgia minus three in the national title game. College. <laughs> I like that. So we have a college pick from Luke. He's taking Georgia minus three. I am going to take the Rams minus four at home against San Francisco. Rams haven't been playing super well, but they've been winning. San Francisco's got a little bit of a quarterback thing going on there, obviously. And I just, I like the Rams minus four at home. And I like under 38 in the Bengals at Browns game. I'm telling you right now, if you had, if you wanted me to tell you right now, 10 people, shit, five people that were starting in that game, I could not tell you. Well, I could tell you the two quarterbacks, right? Case Keenum and uh, Brandon Allen or whoever the fuck he is. Uh, but I don't know, even know who's playing in that game. So my guess is that there's not going to be a lot of points. So Georgia minus three in the national championship game. Rams no, minus no there. It's, it's actually down to minus two and a half. But, so but, it's so. minus two and a half. So Georgia minus two and a half. Take Rams minus four and under 38 in the Bengals at Browns. Head to the new updated desktop or mobile website to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use our promo code BELIEVE50 to receive your bonus. That's B-L-E-A-V-5-0 from basketball, football, NHL, boxing, UFC, right to your favorite Vegas casino games. Don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for the 2022 season. BetOnline.ag is the fastest and easiest way to bet all your favorite sports. BetOnline, it's where the game starts. All right. Controversy in the NFL. Two main topics here. I'm going to start with Antonio Brown versus the Bucks. 
I want to get your take here. Ultimately, he walked off the field in the third quarter last week against the Jets in week 17. Um, There's a debate that's happening about whether he was injured. He's claiming he's injured. The team's claiming that he was upset uh, because of the targets he was getting, and it really kind of all goes back to incentives. I saw a report today that said he had his agent had gone to the team before the game last week and basically asked for all $2 million of his incentives to be guaranteed. The team rejected it, which I don't, I don't know what team wouldn't reject that. I mean, there's a reason why you have an incentive-laden contract. Uh, the lawyers are involved. Uh, he claims, AB claims that there's an MRI showing born, bone fragments and, you know, a, a ligament torn entirely off the bone. I guess ultimately here, based on the information, do you side with the team or the player on this one? I mean, I don't side with either. I don't, it, I, I don't care. But like, if anyone would believe Antonio Brown at this point, I don't know why. You'd have to come to me with like some really, show me the MRI. Can That's I see right. the MRI? That's all he's got to do, right? Is show us the MRI. I mean, he posted his bank account statements, his routing number and his checking account number. So just post the MRI. Yeah, this whole thing a, is over. I think there's a reason we haven't seen the MRI. There's a whole that this whole thing is done and dead right there. It doesn't matter who you believe. Like if he's got the MRI with that shit on it, it's over. So I, I, I don't think he has it. I think he paid some lawyers a lot of money to write up a, a really nice long statement. I can't believe people are buying this. Not a huge fan of Bruce Arians either. I think he's kind of an asshole. I think they might probably have known that he was. I think I do think that there is something, you know, wrong with his ankle. We've known that that was something wrong with his ankle. You know, he'd been on the injury report. He had missed some games, but uh, I don't know why anyone at this point would believe anything that Antonio Brown says. And there was four or five other guys that had missed time and had been, you know, rotating in and out of that game alone. You know, Mike Evans with his, has got a hamstring. They weren't, but but Antonio Brown's the only one they forced to go back in the game. Like it just none of it adds up. None of it adds up. I can understand why at this point, why they wouldn't cooperate with the Bucks because that ship has sailed. But I mean, there's there's just more compelling evidence from the other side here. And I, I just I'm sorry, like he's lost all benefit of the doubt. Yeah, I mean, look, there there's a history. We know it. It's well documented. There is a play hurt culture historically in the NFL. Bruce Arians would not be the first head coach to question a player's toughness or you know, sort of force them to play when they weren't healthy. I think that that plays into this a little bit, but there's also a history of, I'll call it what it is, mental health-related challenges with Antonio Brown. Now, whether that mental health is associated with his upbringing and some challenges that he faced in his childhood or it's mental health associated with CTE and getting hits in the NFL. I'm not going to go down that road, but there's clearly some mental health issues on that side. So I think each side is utilizing that sort of historical piece, right? Yeah. AB knows that everybody in the media and fans around are always looking for a juicy story about a coach doing something he's not supposed to and taking advantage of players' health and those types of things because player health has been such a hot-button issue over the last, eh, let's call it six, seven years. And the team is 
playing a little bit on Antonio Brown's mental health history and the challenges there. What I'll say is this. I kind of believe both sides. I think that Antonio Brown was playing because he needed the money and he wanted the incentives and he was playing hurt. I think he's playing hurt. I don't, I don't, I don't doubt that now is the bone. I, I believe the bone fragments was the tendon torn away from the bone. I don't know. We'll see. And the reality is, is that once you say you're healthy enough to play and you go out there and you suit up, the coach is counting on you, especially with the injuries that team's dealing with. They were losing to the Jets in the third quarter. We fucking need you, dude. Like, we need you. Like, get out there and fucking play. You're here. You're healthy. Play. So I think there's a little bit of both happening. I think Antonio Brown has sacrificed and squandered any goodwill that he would get your, your point of, or the, the statement you made, like, I don't know why anybody's entertaining this or would believe it because people want this story, right? Number one, there's a whole group of fans that don't want Tom Brady to win another Super Bowl. There's a group of fans that just like you don't like uh, Bruce Arians. I mean, look, there, there's a lot of motivation here uh, from different people They're making this story a lot bigger than it has to be. They being the national media, but I just wanted to get your take on it. And I was interested to hear your thoughts. I kind of believe both sides. Like I think he's hurt. And I also think that he's crazy. I don't think he's too hurt to play. He was out there for the first half and you mentioned it, the incentives. He was still, he was still about eight targets away, 55 yards and one touchdown. And that's those. That's what I saw online is that he was away from those, those incentives, which would have, if he hit all three, they were all $333,000. So if he hits all three, it's a million bucks. I want to walk back that statement that I just made about him being crazy. I mean, he, he lashes out, right. And, and, and they're taking advantage of his, his, his history of lashing out against teams and organizations. So I apologize for that statement. We don't use that type of language uh, because mental health is such an important topic. So it is, it is. But, um, did you see the Daily Mail story with the, uh, the, 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 the OnlyFans girl that he supposedly had in his room the night before and was unintelligible? Not. Yeah, she, she, went, she went viral for licking a toilet seat back in, uh, in 2020. Is it the girl um, that's selling her farts? I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Uh-huh. But uh, yeah, she, so she, she allegedly was with him the night before the game. And I guess he was kind of in and out of sleep. He was unintelligible. And she, you know, she said that he seemed disturbed. And he said, quote, I can't wait for you to see what I do tomorrow. I can't wait for you to see what I do tomorrow. Now, that could mean he was going to try and hit all his all out, all his incentives. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. You know, but, you know, this happens. And so I'll just leave it at that. I, I just I, I just I agree with your your sentiment that, yes, he's probably a little banged up. And yes, they they do want him to play hurt. But I don't think he was too hurt to play. And then like doesn't matter at that point once you once you act like that like it's over it's over yeah, it. if it's you over. show me an mri i'll i'll move my stance a little bit i'll i will adjust the slider to one way or the other but i'm kind of right down the middle on this one yeah all yeah. right ab versus the bucks topic one topic two baker mayfield versus the world Oh, God. Baker Mayfield versus the world. He had a season filled with injuries, torn labrum, a broken broken bone in his non-throwing arm slash shoulder, a heel, a groin, knee. I mean, the guy was, he had a laundry list of injuries. There is an alleged rift. One of the local (laughs) Cleveland sports journalists 
came out with a, a news story that basically said that there is a rift between Baker and Kevin Stefanski and he wants to be traded and it all has to do with the offense and they run too much and there's not enough play a- or there's not enough play action, not enough boot action. He doesn't like the three tight end sets. A bunch of additional things were in that article. Uh, the national media, the local media, and I would say at least at least 50% of the fan base right now is against Baker Mayfield. I saw comparisons today and yesterday uh, to Mitch Trubisky. Mitch had his good year in 2019 where he had very high sort of measurables and data and analytics behind his performance, the, the advanced metrics that you like to talk about so much. And then he had a torn labrum in 2020. And, you know, obviously this year he was the backup in Buffalo. So a lot of people are comparing Baker to uh, Mitch Trubisky right now. Just your overall thoughts with Baker, where you're at with Baker, uh, predictions at where you think this thing is headed. You know, you got you got Baker, you got you got Stefanski. There's a lot of things going on here. Just overall thoughts and where you think this thing's headed. Well, if 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 it is truly Stefanski versus Baker, I think we, we all know who wins that battle. It's going to be Stefanski. He's not going anywhere. That that organization is aligned from from uh, you know the the top three guys in the front office. They're all working together. It's tough to judge Baker this year. You mentioned all the injuries. It's not all on Baker. I don't want to. I don't want to come off that way. It's not all on Baker. Okay, everyone's to blame, and we kind of talked about this a little bit last night. You know, Baker's to blame. Stefanski's to blame. The play calling was not perfect. It, it almost never is. But he, there was other things too that he's that he that he did that that were not perfect. You know, and the and the play just the players as a whole. But you know, looking at these two, you have Stefanski, who's yes, play calling was was bad, and he's working with a limited quarterback who's, who already has clear limitations. Then you throw on the additional limitations of all the injuries. Then you throw on the additional limitations of trying to run plays that, that he keeps calling you out for in the press. You, you know, you're not left with the whole lot, you know? So, you know, I, I think that Stefanski did it the best job that he could have done with what he was given. And then a lot of times we're down in those games and he's trying to make up for it. Baker, as I mentioned, limited already limited with injuries. If you can't overcome the limitations of the injuries enough to put your team in a position to win games consistently, then I, I don't know wh- why you would cost your team. Like, I understand he wants to be tough. He wants to play. I don't know what he wants to prove. I don't know why he wants to prove that, you know, like I don't understand why he played week 18, 17, but not week 18. Like I understand, you know, why I probably now after looking at it because he played so poorly, but like that's not new. That's not that's not anything new. And then I understand we were still alive to that point. But as far as where this is headed, I have no idea. It's we're not even to the off season yet, and I'm already sick of this fucking off season. I know. Um, we're, we're we're still we're still on a 17 game cycle with the fucking bullshit. <laughs> and so, I mean, I could I have I can see all options on the table. Like, I can see them replacing him. I could see them trading for a quarterback. I could see him, you know, drafting a guy maybe in the second round. I could see him coming back and starting week one. You know, I think all of those options are on the table. I don't know which one's the best one, but I think the most likely one is him coming back and starting week one. I just don't think that there's a, there's an avenue for them to trade for a quarterback that is a significant enough upgrade. We've talked about it. Kirk Cousins and Derek Carr, those guys in that, that tier, they're upgrades. Okay. Don't get me wrong. Those are upgrades, but they're like having, you know, Kirk Cousins can't carry his team to the playoffs. 
Derek Carr might do it if he beats the Chargers on Saturday for the first time. So uh, I'm sorry, on Sunday for the first time. So, you know, th- th- those aren't enough of an upgrade. And I just don't think they have the ammo to go and get one of the other guys that's, you know, one of the big name guys that that, that is out there and Rodgers, Wilson and, you know, Watson, those guys. So I think that's most likely that he's probably the best option for next year. So much to say. I'm going to start with one thing and say I I absolutely think they're going to draft a quarterback in the second, third. There will be a quarterback drafted on day two. I, I just I, I feel that that's probably a certainty. Now, that's, granted, I, I hate that, though. I hate that. That's such yeah. a this class is so bad and you're not even getting like the best one. I just I just hate well, that. May, maybe that's the right way to go then. Right. Maybe though, maybe the tier two, tier three guy is going to end up being the one that 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 shines. So I'll start there. I think everybody's been bad this season. Everybody's been bad. The offense, the defense, the coaching. There are very few bright spots on this team this year. None of them are on offense. They're all the, any bright spot. Uh, Awusu Koromo is probably a bright spot. Newsom's a bright spot. Denzel Ward, Delpit at times. I, I just I think outside of a few guys, you know, uh, Wyatt Teller is an absolute machine. Batonio spot started at left half. I mean, look, there's a handful of bright spots, right? Outside of that, everybody played bad. I ride with six. I ride with Baker Mayfield. And I ride with Steph. I ride with Kevin Stefanski. It doesn't have to be one or the other. It doesn't have to be both or neither. Like, it doesn't have to be that way. Bad seasons and losing bring this type of coverage and reaction. People need a reason, right? They got to find a reason to blame. Whose fault is it that we had a bad year? A lot of things. Bad luck. Some teams were better than we thought they were going to be. A lot of injuries. Ball didn't bounce our way. Guy just guy tore the locker room in half halfway through the season. And even after he was gone, those reverberations from that whole Odell situation were there because players, I don't want to sound like, I do not want to sound like Skip Bayless here because this is a very Skip Bayless take because I've heard him say it five times over the last 10 weeks. Young guys in the NFL idolize Odell Beckham Jr. They idolize him. They idolize that persona and that person that he is, that fashion icon, that guy in the Drake videos, all that. Baker idolized him to a, to a, to a degree. So I think some of that stuff had to go into it. I am very, very comfortable. Matter of fact, I am beyond comfortable with the idea of us getting this guy, getting Baker surgery getting him healthy, getting him back in time for OTAs, Stefanski going back to the drawing board. Maybe Stefanski needs to sit down and say, okay, my strong suit is when I am the sort of CEO and I coach the coaches, I manage the managers. Let Alex Van Pelt call the plays. Let let, let AVP call the plays. Give the guy an opportunity because if he doesn't, he's going to end up leaving anyways, right, to go to a place where he can call the plays. So maybe after two years, maybe that third year – it's time for Alex Van Pelt to have the opportunity to call the plays. And if he doesn't do it well, then take it back from him. Start to give some of these guys some more responsibility. I don't have an issue with, with any of that. 
on the quarterback situation of, of, of bringing in a, a, one of these guys. There's four names, four names that I would get excited about, three I would be ecstatic about, okay? Aaron Rodgers and Russell Wilson, obviously, are the two. Deshaun Watson has his off-field stuff. Let's figure out what's going on there. But if Deshaun Watson ends up being, you know, acquitted isn't the right word because it's all civil. It's all civil stuff. But if he ends up not being found guilty and not having to pay people off and all that, and all that stuff ended up being overblown and all that, I could talk myself into that. And the fourth name I'm going to tell you is Derek Carr. I could get myself excited about Derek Carr because he's had to deal with a lot of bullshit. This I've seen a lot that I, I like from Derek Carr this year. Henry Ruggs, John Gruden, Mike Mayock builds a shitty, shitty team. Waller's been hurt basically the whole year. Josh Jacobs has been non-existent. They haven't been able to run the ball like they have in the past. I mean, he's dealt with a lot this year. And they might, if they win, they're going to make the playoffs. So Derek Carr has shown me that he's an overcomer, and I'm closer to where you thought he was at preseason than I thought he was at. I think maybe we flip flopped on him a little bit, to be honest. But the guy has no, I don't know. I I think Derek Carr is right where I had him. Yeah, uh, I just don't so think that that's a gigantic upgrade. I just don't think that that tier. It's. I don't think it's a gigantic upgrade. But I could get excited about that. I'm not getting excited about Jimmy Garoppolo. Hey, you I'm know, not getting excited about Kirk Cousins. Yeah, those are fine. That's that's fair. And you know what? Everyone laughed at me when I said this. Matt Stafford is not a gigantic upgrade over Jared Goff. He's I don't playing think just so about, either. He's playing at just about the peak level of Jared Goff. Wrong. He's giving that to you more consistently. You know, Stafford will give that to you, that peak level of Goff. Stafford's going to go above that, you know, periodically, and he's going to stay at that peak level of golf more consistently than golf did. You think McVay's telling him where to throw the ball in his helmet in his uh, ear before no, they no. turn the mic off? No, no. But also, I don't think – also, I think that Derek Carr can give you – We what is what does elite play like look like from, from Baker Mayfield? We saw it down the stretch last year. They won 11-5. and five. He got 30, to the playoffs. They won a game. Elite play from Baker's 3,800 yards – 35 touchdowns and 10 picks. He's going to give you that. He's going to give you that. And then at times he's going to go, he can go above that. I think in this offense is, I think it's a good offense for him. I think elite play from Derek Carr is 4,000, you know, three or 400 more yards, a couple more touchdowns and a couple less picks. Right. Sure. Am I going to give up two first round picks for that kind of upgrade? That little marginal upgrade? I I don't think you can. All I'm saying is it, when we talk about this pool of guys that's out there, there are very few names that I get excited about, and there's even fewer that are actually realistic. The two names that I think are actually realistic that I would get excited about out of those four, Watson or Carr, and that's because Vegas wants to move on from Carr. Maybe they get a new head coach. There's rumors that Jim Harbaugh wants to be the coach there. Who knows? You know, And, and obviously Watson. Houston is just it's going to be whoever makes the best offer. He's does he have a no trade clause? Yes. He ain't coming to Cleveland. <laughs> All right. So no Deshaun Watson. All right. That's enough. Look, I ride with Baker. I ride with Stefanski. I'm not down on either of them. I'm just not. I mean, am I disappointed with the way the season went? Sure. Did both of them underperform? Absolutely. Do I believe that there's a rift in the locker room and they're against each other? Not at all. Not one bit. 
I do not believe any of that. I think it's all bullshit. Brandon Whedon, for fuck's sake, the ghost of Brandon Whedon came out today and said, same old bullshit. You know, Alex Van Pelt came out today. I haven't seen it. Now, granted, look, these guys aren't going to say anything. You know, they're not going to say that's, you know, they're not going to say, oh, yes, that's absolutely 100% true. But they also don't need to say anything at all. Right. And Baker comes out very adamant. This is clickbait. This is bullshit. Don't, you know, put my name down to put food on your table. Like Baker came out very strong, very composed with that statement. And let's be honest, the writer who wrote the story has a history of exaggerating. Next topic. Yes. Next topic. Week 18 NFL pick them. Last week or two weeks ago, we both went four and one. We are now sitting at 32 and 28 for the season. Both of us are not a lot of great options this week. I got five for you like I do every week. It's poop bookended by playoff implications. That's the best way that I can explain this. There's just a lot of shit in the middle here. Are you ready for the week 18 pick them? Let's do it. Before we go. Before we go, are we taking this into the playoffs? I think we need to make that decision right now. Or is or is this just going to be it? We'll start. We'll start a fresh. We'll start a fresh one because there's not five games every week, you know. So we'll just do a playoff pick them where we pick. We're all just going to do a playoff pick them. Yeah. All right. So this is it. This is it for the regular season. Yep. All right. And I'm back one game, right? No, we're both. It's tied. Okay, tied. We both went four and one last week. You missed Arizona, and I missed. Who the hell did I miss? The Ray, uh, the fucking Broncos, man. Yeah, yeah, the Raiders. Yeah, <laughs> fucking Broncos. All right, Dallas at Philly plus five. The Saturday night special playoff implications with that one. I'm surprised that the spread's so big. Who do you like? Um, Dallas. If Philly loses that game, they got to play Tampa in Week One. So I think Philly's got a lot of reason to come out and play well. I'm taking Dallas. Washington at the New York Giants plus seven. Oh, what? Oh, one of those teams is going to win. Yeah, (laughs) I'm going to take the football team. Damn it. We're both taking them. Who in their right mind would pick the Giants after the last three? Speaking of the football team, I think I like Armada the best. Or just sticking with the Washington football team. I don't know. I don't think I don't know if you saw, but if you type in it was WashingtonAdmirals.com, it redirects you right to the Washington Redskins Washington football team. So it's gonna be the Admirals. That's the the now supposedly that came out on Twitter like the day that they announced that they were announcing the name change. Uh, I don't know if it's been fixed. Let me check real quick. But someone I like the Armada. The Armada, the the brigade was one of them. Someone responded to that by saying, um, you know, that's been that's it's like eight years old. And like someone bought Washington Admirals and then just like automatically made it redirect. Uh, So. All right. So we both have Dallas. We both have Washington. Bengals at Browns minus six. Uh, I'll take, I'll take the good guys. I'll take the brownies. 
I don't know who the, who is going to play. Chubb's not going to play. Who's not playing? Miles Garrett's they, not going to play. They wrote all these guys out. Steph said anybody that's hurt isn't playing. So Miles no. Chubb didn't play last or didn't play most of the game last week because he had a rib thing. Miles has had a groin for the last like six weeks. I just don't think a lot of guys are going to play. And well, I'm I don't. With them. I don't know. Yeah. So Bengals Browns. I got the Bengals. So there's one difference. New Orleans at Atlanta plus four. Atlanta. I got New Orleans. Yeah, I figured you might. Chargers. I got to get that Browns loss back. So <laughs> Chargers at Raiders. When you're in Raiders are plus three Chargers. Yeah, I got the Chargers too. All, All right. right, then I'll take the fucking Raiders. God damn it. No, you I guess I could tie to, here. We got no, we got two. I know, but I'm definitely the Browns are definitely losing. Well, why'd you take them? Because. We need to get some differences in here. No, fuck it. I'm sticking with the Chargers. They're not losing. No, they're not. They're not losing to the Raiders. They could lose to the Raiders. All right. So the differences are I have the Bengals. You have the Browns. I have the Saints. You have Atlanta. You have the two home teams. I have the two road teams. All right. A few good minutes on college football. College football national championship is Monday Number three, Georgia against number one, Alabama. It's at Lucas Oil Stadium in Indianapolis. Who you got and why? Uh, just give me Georgia. Um, you know, I already made that pick in the in the, the open, but uh, I don't know. I just it just seems like I, don't, I basically I'm tired, <laughs> tired of Alabama. I want Georgia to win. I, I don't. I think Georgia has the you know the previous game helps Georgia. A little bit more, I think, than it helps Alabama. I said this before the, the, the semifinal, that the strength of the Georgia defense was the run defense. No one, you know, that wasn't a surprise. No one knew that. But I didn't expect them to look that bad first Bryce Young. And I know that he's a Heisman winner, and he is really good quarterback, top one or two or three in the country. But I didn't expect him to look that bad. I don't know if they held anything back. I'm not saying they did. It would make sense for them to try and win the way that they've always won, even though they might have had some wrinkles and been like, hey, Let's not put any wrinkles on tape. I don't want them to have anything, you know, just in case, because they they were the only team left that had the luxury of losing that game and still getting into the playoff. So I think that they there's a good chance that we could see a whole lot of different stuff in uh, ways to slow down Bryce Young. You know, and I don't think that, you know, if I know that or if I think that that's a possibility, Nick Saban knows that. So it'll probably be Alabama, but I'm just going with Georgia. I just got a gut feeling about it. I think Georgia, Georgia finally gets over the hump here. And um, I think Georgia wins. I'm going with Georgia, too. I think that Georgia got their wake-up call in the SEC championship. I think that Georgia played terribly in that game. Alabama played their best game. Georgia's been the best team all year. They had a bad game in the SEC championship. They weren't prepared for Alabama. So the reality is is that whatever they put on tape against Alabama's dog shit, right? And Alabama put their best stuff on tape. So they now have a situation where it's like, oh, man. And I totally agree with what you said. Look, Cincinnati was a fun story. They played well, but they ended up getting mollywopped. Michigan plays closer to the way that Alabama is going to play, at least from a running style perspective, right? Alabama is going to try to establish run. They're going to try to run the football. And I, I think that that game better prepares Georgia. So I like Georgia in this. I mean, I don't think it's necessarily going to be a blowout. I think it'll be relatively high scoring. I think you'll get like a 35, 
31 type affair. I think it's going to be close. I just, I think Georgia, it's going to be one of those things where Georgia kind of comes out, scores first. Alabama comes back. They'll, they'll kind of go back and forth for a while. And I think Georgia's just going to pull away late. George Pickens is back for Georgia and he's played well. He played well against Michigan, which he's, he's a little bit of an X factor. He'll probably be, uh, He's he's in that second tier of receivers in in the upcoming draft. So, you know, he's something he's some, some an additional piece to Georgia that, you know, he's coming off injury and was out almost the whole season. So I want to add to this, too. I forgot to mention this when I was talking earlier. The loss of John Mechie, I think, will show up much more in this game than it did for Cincinnati. It's all about the passing game for Alabama. We just said, you know, look what they did to Michigan's run game and look what they did to run games all year long. Um, the only time we've ever seen him be vulnerable is against a Heisman winner with a bunch of good receivers. Well, that's one less wide receiver. I think that that has a bigger impact. Cincinnati or Alabama didn't even like attempt to, to, to pass the ball for Cincinnati. You know, they had Sauce Gardner out there. I think they had another All-American, maybe a third team or a DB. And they were like, Kobe why would Bryant. we do this? There we go. And we can just uh, we can just run it down their throat. And that's what they did. Yeah. You know, it's completely different than the way that they played against Georgia. So we'll see how it goes. I, th- I think if they... If they have to lean on the run game a little bit, which I'm not saying they will, because look, we saw what happened last time, but that does not bode well for Alabama. Yeah, look, Michigan was just happy. It was clear to me, Michigan just they beat Ohio State. Like that was their that team just they were just happy to be there. So, but I still think from a competition standpoint, Georgia had athletes. They were playing against athletes that are closer to what they're going to see this week versus what. Alabama had. I mean, Cincinnati's got a got got a couple NFL DBs and an NFL quarterback, and outside of that, that's it. And then that that kid, that eighteen, that uh, that tight end slash, yeah, big body receiver. He's gonna he's he's a player. I can't even remember his name, but he's young. I think he's a true freshman, so I'll remember it next year. One other thing on college football before we move on, I saw a tweet right before we came on the air. From Charlie Batch. You know what I'm talking about? Uh, I didn't see this one. Charlie Batch sent a tweet to Caleb Williams and everybody in the world telling him that if he went to Eastern Michigan, that the company he worked for would give him a million dollar NIL deal. Retweeting that right now. That's sick. Which is what we kind of talked about, right? Back way back, you know, beginning of the year when we started talking about this NIL stuff, that's when it can start to get out of hand. What? What's the, out of hand about this? This no, is nothing, fantastic. nothing. But what if tomorrow somebody says, oh, yeah, go. you want a million from Charlie Batch? You come to, you know, big state, we'll give you two million. That's when it starts to get a little. OK, so that one's out in the open. Like Batch just said that, you know, straight up. Did you um, see it? Yeah, I just retweeted yeah. it. Yeah. So uh, the rumor on Caleb Williams is that he's got a two million dollar offer from George already. You know, from a, from a Georgia backed company. Why isn't Michigan offering anybody any money? They're too clean. That program's too fucking clean. That's the well, problem. Well, they might not have a head coach in a few weeks here. I don't think he's going anywhere. I don't uh, think no. you do either. I don't know. He's got this. I hope situation. he doesn't. I hope he stays. My p- personal punching bag. Well, it's going to be him versus Luke Fickle next year. <laughs> All right. Isn't it funny that Ryan, De- or, uh, Ryan Day's name hasn't come up on anyone? For in the NFL, and as soon as that weekend over, Jim Harbaugh, hmm, Michael back. Yeah, 
You know what, Ryan Saba, you did that. You brought this on yourself, Ryan Saba. Why? Because you've been preaching Ryan Day leaving for the NFL for for two years now. Because he's going to he's an NFL guy. He's going to go to the NFL. Eventually. I don't know why you keep saying that. He worked in the NFL for like three years. That's not even true. Yes, it, it is. Like five, he had like three different jobs in the NFL. All with who? All with who? Chip Kelly. I don't think they were all with Chip Kelly. After Chip Kelly went back, he was I with. Think, he was with. I'm looking it up right now. Tell me his. Tell me his resume. New Hampshire, a tight end coach. Boston College, graduate assistant. Florida, graduate assistant. Temple, wide receiver coach. Boston College, wide receivers. Temple, OC, wide receivers. Boston College, OC, QB. Philadelphia Eagles for one year as a quarterback coach. San Francisco 49ers for one year as a quarterback coach. Back to Ohio State okay. as an OC quarterback coach. He's an NFL guy. He coached for two years in the NFL with Chip Kelly. He's an NFL guy. All right. <laughs> Last topic. That's enough of college football. New Year's resolutions. I'm curious what your New Year's resolution is. I try not to make resolutions. I like to set goals. There you go. What is your goal for this year? I have one for, uh, you know, I have, I have a professional one that I'll keep a little bit private, but uh, some personal ones. This is a staple for me. Um, I like to read six books a year. I tend to lean on the fiction side. I like to be entertained. Dude, the so six this, books that you read to Rory and Tess don't count. No, I, I read mostly novels, but uh, I added two nonfiction books this year because I want to learn something. That's one. Second one is to keep my weight under a certain number that I have in mind that you know I'm not going to put out here right now. And I, I'm, I will admit I'm over it right now. So the goal is to get under there and then keep it under there for the year. And log the next one is log 12,000 Peloton minutes. Um, I did six last year. It was a part-time workout for me, but now I'm going full on the Peloton this year. 1,000 minutes a month, 12,000 minutes total. And my last one is to learn a new skill. Pretty vague. Just that one's not really specific, but I would like to, you know, I've looked at, I've looked in the past at getting my, my pilot's license, you know, something along those lines. I don't have it yet. I don't know what it's going to be, but uh, you know, something that you have to like, you know, study and learn and do and accomplish. So that's, that's, those are my goals for, for 2022. You didn't even know I was going to ask you that question. I so keep I, goals, man. I'm really surprised that you had, I guess surprised isn't the wrong word. I'm impressed. I'm impressed that you had this list of like, you know, I'm reading novels and I want to get my pilot's license and, and all this stuff. I and mean, that, that's pretty impressive for me. I'm not a big New Year's resolution guy. You know what? I mean, I I don't even really set goals every year. What I would say is I am very career focused uh, to the point that, you know, I've sacrificed. Sacrificed isn't the wrong word, but, you know, I'm not married. I don't have kids. I've been with Courtney for 11 years. You know what I mean? Like, Courtney and I are very focused on our careers. I, I, would, I would say that we are very successful in our careers. We both just got big opportunities in our lives last year that, you know, kind of has me sitting and reflecting during my time off and being like, man, you know what, like we're really getting to a place where we're, where we're doing well. But what I would say is, and I've, I spent a lot of time, as you know, I was off. My last day of work was December 16th and I was off until the fifth. I went back on the fifth. So I had, I had almost three full weeks off and I do that almost every year, but I spend a lot of that time like drinking and, you know, just screwing around and doing stuff like that. But this time I really 
rested and relaxed. And I had, you know, we had a few get togethers. I was, you know, I was with you. We, we were together four weekends in a row, but I really spent some time over the last couple of days, really kind of thinking about where do I want to be at this time next year as we go into, as we're going into 2023. And look, I always end the show every single week with the phrase, enjoy your lives, right? We love you and enjoy your lives. And it's a motto I live by. I, and I say it often. I say it at work. I say it to my, my, my friends and family. And I, I say things, you know, enjoy your life, enjoy your lives and take, take advantage. And what I will say is over the last couple of years with COVID and everything that's been going on, even though I've really enjoyed working at home in this new sort of way that we work, there is a thin line between working from home and living at the office, right? And what I would say is I almost live at the office. And as you know, we had a COVID scare at Christmas and Courtney was quarantined and had to work from home for two weeks, for 10 days. And, you know, she kind of talked about like, man, it's tough working from home. I don't know how you do it because I'm just always, I want to just go log in and answer emails. And, And that's what I've been sort of dealing with over the last couple of years. So for me in 2022, really more of a focus on my friends, my family, setting boundaries for work-life balance. I mean, my in my future, in this year, airplanes, foreign countries, new places, people I haven't seen in a while. These are the things that I care about and I'm really thinking about as we go into this year. My focus for 2022 and really beyond is to make more memories with the people I love take a step back from this sort of ambition and and career. And, you know, I always got to be the guy that's there and I always got to be the one that everybody depends on. You can go on a two week vacation and people can still depend on you. You know what I mean? So that's really my focus and just enjoying my life more. And like I said, you know, making more memories with the people I love that includes you, man. You know, I think, uh, you know, for the last couple of years, we've talked about doing things as, you know, our families doing things together. I think we've started to do that more of a like, you know, spending time with each other on the weekends and things like that over the last few years. But I think there's a next step. And, and I want to do that with with my my family as well. So that that's that's my focus, not as sort of goal oriented as you, but just more overall big picture. Look, man, I turned 40 in February. Those milestone birthdays, they have you, they, you reflect, you know, it's, it's a reflection period. And the last 15 years of my life has been really focused on my career, my education, getting to where I'm at now. And the next 15 years of my life is going to be really focused on making sure that, you know, when I'm 60 and I'm getting to that point where I'm going to retire, that I'm not looking back and, and regretting on not doing some of the things that I should have done. So. I like that. I like that. All good. All good stuff. And I'm surprised you know, I got through that without crying. <laughs> so, yeah, we'll, we'll, we might have something planned for you for the big birthday on the show. So, uh, God, don't. please. <laughs> all right. Next week, playoff preview and an update on the second annual water cooler NFL challenge. I'm not sure where we're at. I think Luke is leading, uh, but I do still believe that it's close because there's a few teams that that played well this year that aren't on either of our teams. Neither of us have new England. Neither of us have Dallas. Each of us have a stinker. I think I have the Browns. And uh, so we'll see where where that one goes in the coming weeks. You know, we're obviously 
going to get more NBA focused second half in the NBA season leading up to the playoffs and NFL offseason. I mean, that's that's really the, the favorite time of the year. We're going to try to get Alex Gilstrap from NFL draft prospects back on. He's a friend of the show. I'm sure he'll come on. We'll get him on. We'll talk about draft and stuff like that. Anything else? I don't think so. For all you pop culture lovers and nerds out there, Zero Dark Nerdy, it's another podcast that we are associated with. Facebook at Zero Dark Nerdy, Instagram at ZDN Podcast, uh, at ZDN underscore podcast. Make sure you're checking out Zero Dark Nerdy. That that podcast is really starting to get a really, really strong following and, and doing big things. So any, you know, movies, TV, music comic book stuff all that brian hernandez and the crew over there make sure that you're supporting them because uh we certainly appreciate what they do don't forget at wc sports pod facebook twitter instagram like follow and subscribe to us we are available on all your favorite streaming platforms apple Podcasts, google Podcasts, spotify anywhere that you can find podcasts you can find us you can also find us on the believe podcast network the number one podcast network for professionals check us out today at believe.com that's b-l-e-a-v and as always we are presented by the one and only betonline.ag with that we love you and enjoy your lives Spend some time with your families. Somebody suck me. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.